During a recent trip to the beach, I was out for a run while the girls were taking a nap. And I passed a bike rental place that had bike surreys for rent. Everybody loves the idea of a Surrey ride. I thought, what a special moment for Catherine to enjoy. The ocean breeze in her hair as we relaxed and enjoyed the sunset, making memories on this bike ride. So after the run, I picked up the girls and we drove back to Doheny Beach to the rental place. As we walked up to the rental place, I could see these happy families all on pictures all around about what we were about to enjoy. We rented the bike and Jen had hopped on to drive first and I was on the side where you also pedal and I got Catherine strapped in for our leisurely ride. Sometimes regret is a slow burn that sneaks up on you and sometimes it hits you right in the face right out of the gate. I had completely forgotten how heavy those bikes were. And I was totally exhausted and miscalculated my run from earlier in the day. Within a few hundred yards, I was already breathing heavy, starting to sweat, my legs were aching, and I was, oh, I was dead from my run. And I could hardly pedal. Why did I come up with this stupid idea and spend my money on this? Why isn't Jen pedaling? Hmm. Is Catherine even enjoying this? Jen and I were frustrated and we almost got in a fight. We were struggling and the pain of trying to keep going and it, this was simply not working. By this point, I was having to stand up just to just get enough force on my legs to drive us forward. I was so exhausted. We stopped five times in the first mile and a half just to catch our breath. Oh, man, this was hard. And then Jen wanted to stop to take one more stupid picture. You could tell my attitude was ruining this family moment. Oh, so much for this fun family outing. I was sweaty, exhausted, and frustrated. Why does life have to be so hard? We've all been there. We feel like sometimes we're fighting this uphill battle where you're struggling just to stand still. Sometimes we have this idea that, that we are living in freedom and, and if this is freedom, how comes it's so exhausting? Why am I white knuckling it just to hang on? How could I possibly do this in my own strength? And then we beat ourselves up and say, why am I not stronger? Why did I... Why didn't I pick a different bike or go without my family? Why did I even start? I'm an idiot. Why don't I just give up now? Exhaustion leads us to doubt and frustration, which eventually leads to resentment, which only sets us up to give up and to give in. How many of us can relate to this feeling? I'm sure we've all been there, or maybe some of you are there this morning. We all have doubts. And then hindsight is 2020, and it starts with all of the coulda, shoulda, wouldas. And all of us, all of our freedom leads us to blame ourselves. Why didn't things work out? Why couldn't I be like so and so? Or why can't I do this on my own? And, and everyone else seems to be breezing through life on some version of an Instagram world, and I'm here a hot mess, struggling just to put one foot in front of another. 
One of the things that I love about Scripture is that it doesn't hide us from the human struggles of life. This morning, I want us to look at freedom. And we were talking about this last week and, and, and talking about the struggles of, 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 of our flesh. And I want us to look at freedom and, and how sometimes we struggle with our own desires. Maybe you can relate to some of what I've been struggling with or, or maybe what the Apostle Paul writes when he talks about his own struggles. So if you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn with me as I read along in Romans chapter 7. In verse 15, this is a famous verse. He says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate to do, I do. You see, life is hard. And this cycle can be so exhausting in so many ways. Even when no one else is stopping us, we can't seem to get out of our own way. In recovery, we have this saying, wherever you go, there you are. And it's this idea that we can't run from our problems when, when our problems are internal. Now, don't get me wrong, there are some problems that we need to flee from. But oftentimes, we bring our problems with us. It's the choices that we make. It's the things that we struggle with that, that come inside of us and well up. And, and Paul gets this. And so he continues on. Let me start again with verse 15 and continue on in the passage. Verse 15, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. And what I hate to do, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but is sin living in me. For I know the good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil that I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but sin living in me. The point here is that our freedom often gets us in trouble. Last week, we talked about how without a moral compass, our freedom can cause us to unintentionally drift into a prison of our own making. But this week, I want us I want us to think about how even when we know what we want to do, we still struggle to do it. This is about the mistakes that we know that we're making. How often do I say that I can't do it? And then I just, why even try? And I give up. Or sometimes I say, if I've already messed up, why don't I just dwell in it for a while and, and just enjoy sin for a season, if you will? It's this self-defeating idea where we just give up and we keep going in circles over and over and over. And it's drawing us further down and further in and we keep getting stuck over and over. In Galatians 6, we see Scripture talk about the law of sowing and reaping. And it says this in verse 7, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. That's a good thing. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, 
As we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. You see, we can try to ignore this principle, but it's like trying to ignore gravity. The law of sowing and reaping is true, and the reality is, sowing and reaping is whatever we give ourselves to, we slowly become. What you do matters. What I do matters. What I focus on matters. God has given us freedom, but what we do with that freedom has real consequences, either for good or for bad, depending on how I invest my time, talent, and treasure. But this isn't meant to be a heavy thing. It's just a reality of our world that we want to see. And and if we keep giving up and giving in, things are only going to get worse. But if we learn to respond in the opposite spirit and align ourselves with God, we will reap a harvest of good. And this is what God wants for us. And so he shares these principles so that we lean into what God would have for each one of us. Hebrews 12, 1 to 3 says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God, Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Let us throw things off and and, and follow after God. You see, in this passage, he's actually talking about two different types of freedom in Scripture. There's the first, which is the freedom from. It's, It's the throwing things off. And then there is freedom to. You see, freedom from calls us to throw things off, the things that drag us down and and, and to get rid of everything that is toxic in my life. This is the sin. This is the brokenness. This is the dysfunction in my life. And then there's the freedom to. You see, freedom to calls us to follow Jesus. This is the opportunity to actually choose that which is good, right, and true in life. This is the fruit of the Spirit. This is our opportunity to lean in to God. And so by fixing our eyes on Him, it's it's about falling in love with what He loves. And it's about being like Jesus. You see, freedom too is about the joy of running the race and being who God would be if He were you. Being who God would be if He were me. So, so freedom from is about our, our past. It's, it's the freedom to walk away from those things. But, but freedom too is about our future. It's about sowing into that which is right, good, true, and beautiful. But, but how, do we, how do we do this? You may be sitting here thinking, this sounds good, but practically, how do I do it? Like, what does this look like? And, and, and how do I get started? And so this morning, I want to give us four pillars of freedom. And these these tips for for how we move forward into what God would have for me and for you and for each one of us. And the first one is this, and that we find freedom by living in community. Galatians 6 verse 2, just a little bit earlier from the earlier passage I read, says this, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. 
You see, this isn't just about having friends, but it's about people that you do life with. It's about having surrounding yourselves with Christians who are going to be there for you when you need it. They're going to encourage you. They're going to lift you up. And it's about being that kind of person to those who are in your community. But, but when we find community, that's where we find treasure and freedom. You see, there's an old famous African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, go alone. But if you want to go far, go together. And you see, we have this idea that, it, that true freedom is being the lone ranger and he's just going to go out there and he's just going to conquer the world. But in reality, freedom is found in finding your tribe of people. The, the, these fellow believers who, who may be broken, warts and all, but we're cheering each other on and carrying each other's burdens. You see, walking together keeps us moving and it is there that we are encouraged. And so our first pillar is finding freedom in community. The second pillar is finding freedom by sowing seeds. Galatians 6, 7 to 10 says, keep on sowing what is good. You see, when we sow in the Spirit, it allows us to keep focused on on the things that are good, right, true, and beautiful. When we focus on doing good things, we don't have time to get caught up in negative things. I find this principle so true in my own life, even when it comes to spending money. You see, when I'm at work and I'm busy by other things, I don't have time to go and get caught up in shopping and and all of the the negative things. And the same is true in my life when it comes to, to media. When I'm filling my life with God's word, I don't have time to get caught up in in the negative things like social media and sometimes what we see on the news and we get caught up in anxiety and worry. So when we sow to the positive things of the Spirit that God is calling us to and we align ourselves with Him, we don't have time to get caught up in so many other things. And so my challenge is sow to the Spirit. The third, find freedom in the power of prayer. Ephesians 6 verse 18 says, Pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. It is so important to be in a constant habit of prayer in all occasions. Billy Graham reminds us that true prayer is a way of life. It's not just for use in cases of emergencies. Make it a habit, and when the need arises, you will be in practice. I love that quote from Billy Graham. I love this idea that, that we need to be constantly seeking the Lord and just, just in communication with Him. You know, sometimes in life, I, I fear that, you know, maybe I'm not going to do it right, or maybe I'm not going to get the words right, or I get intimidated by other people that I, I know that are better at praying than me. But just remember that I can say anything to my best friend, and in the same way, I can say anything to God. I can bring anything to him. And and it's not about having the right words, but it's about developing this habit of communication and just walking with the Lord. And as I do that, it frees me to live a life of open communication, honesty, transparency, and openness. And so prayer is a part of our life of freedom. And so if if you're carrying a burden today, 
I invite you to just to begin to talk to God about it. Maybe, maybe you just want to start with a simple word of God help. Or maybe you're at a place where you just want to pour it all out. But talk to Him. Fourth and finally, we find freedom in alignment. Galatians 5.25 says, Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And it's, it's about this walking daily with God and keeping in step and alignment with Him. Recently, I was talking to Dan Chibley about an audit that was going on at work. And Dan dropped this pearl of wisdom. He said, I believe that you should never prepare for an audit, but always be ready for one. You see, we have this natural human tendency to drift. And if you are having to, to scramble at the last minute to, to bring yourself into alignment, that tells us that we weren't in line in the beginning. You see, we're supposed to be going one way. We're supposed to be on this journey of walking this way, and yet so often it's so simple for me to begin to drift off course. And then whenever it's time for the audit or the test comes, I quickly snap back into direction. But then I drift, and then I drift, and then I snap back. And, and, and we get in this cycle of over again of, of drift and snap and drift and snap, and, and, and we go through this over and over again, and it's so tiring. It's such an exhausting way to live. I remember whenever I was in college, I heard this quote from C.S. Lewis who talked about the hardest working student. And he said, the hardest working student is not the one who follows along in class and prepares little by little. No, the hardest working student is the one who drifts and then spends so much energy and stress trying to cram at the last minute, desperately calling his classmates to see if they understood the assignment. This is my story. How often do I drift and then have to scramble to try and get it back into alignment? Maybe this is your story. Because truthfully, this is the human story. Over and over again, we see in Scripture, we see the people of God drift into disobedience, get into trouble, repent and call out to God, and God saves them. And then they drift again. Repent, rescue. Drift, repent, rescue. Drift, repent, rescue. My life is like this, and it, it reminds me of this analogy that someone shared with me one time. My life is like a boat on the ocean, and my heart wants what it wants, and my sinful human heart is on autopilot, and the boat has this course set on the harbor of hard times. And now, when I'm in a healthy spot, I know that I need to steer the ship into a new, healthier direction. And so I grab the wheel, and, and I align my priorities. But sooner or later, I begin to drift again. And, and I may be able to, to white-knuckle it and fight with the controls and, and battle, but sooner or later, I get distracted and fall asleep at the wheel. And once again, my ship perfectly aligns with its own original selfish goal. In the same way, we can stand there and constantly battle against our flesh and its selfish desires over and over and over again. Or we can surrender our heart to God. And oh, when God walks in and he walks straight to the helm and he grabs the wheel, and not only does he realign my priorities, but more importantly, he resets our GPS and our autopilot to a totally new 
destination. It's God doing for us what we couldn't do for ourselves. And this is the kind of freedom that God wants for us. You see, God's not trying to take something away from you. God wants something for you. And so this morning, the the question for us is, are you in a place, the question for me is, am I in a place where I'm struggling and and I have to come back to this place of surrender in life where I'm going to turn my will and my life over to the care of God and allow him to release me into a completely new freedom of spirit, which will forever change my life because it changes our destination. How much freer will we be when we live with peace and serenity, when we reset our alignment to heaven, and there is no longer that sudden rush or fear when we we pass a police officer, or panic when someone looks at our browser history or overhears our gossip on the phone. When we live our lives in step with God, he guides us to become who we were meant to be. God has created us and he knows us better than we know ourselves. You know, there's this famous quote by Soren Kierkegaard, a a famous philosopher who said, with God's help, I will become myself. And what he's saying there is is he's saying that that with God's help, I'm not going to become the selfish version, but I'm going to become who God intended me to be. And that is where we find freedom when we align ourselves with the word of God and with his Holy Spirit. And it's like living with the wind at our back. But so often we fight for control and we want to do life on our own terms. And when we're out of alignment, we get frustrated and things get rough. Back to the story I told you at the beginning. Jen finally got off the bike to take her picture and I was frustrated. I was hot and I was just, ugh. And we were on the edge of a a little bit of a slope and I began to look for a place to park the bike. And then I knew there was a parking brake on this bike and so I began to look for it. And, And you have got to be kidding me. The parking brake was on the whole time? Oh, what in the world? The parking brake was so weak that we had just enough power to override it, just enough strength to ruin everything. I couldn't believe it. I felt so stupid and so relieved all at the same time. We laughed until our sides hurt. And then, and only then, did we enjoy the rest of our sunset ride. Sometimes in our desire for self-control, we find out that it's overrated. Our selfish understandings of freedom lead us in the wrong direction. And we need to let go and let the Holy Spirit lead us to true freedom. Otherwise, it's like riding our bike with the brake on. But when we keep in step with the Spirit, God begins to move us into a true freedom. It's in surrender that we find true freedom. That is freedom too. Freedom to be who God intended us to be. When we walk in the Spirit, we align ourselves with God who not only created us, but who set the whole universe in motion along with all of the laws of gravity, the laws of reaping and so, or sowing and reaping, 
And God understands all of this and he just wants the best for all of us. Part of this alignment is walking in the Spirit. And it's not about trying to do something, but it's about resting. It's about being the beloved of God and being who God meant us to be as his sons and daughters. This week, as I was preparing for our uh, online Facebook prayer time, I came across this quote by Henry Nouwen, who is an author and a writer and a pastor to pastors. And he said this, Over the years, I have come to realize that the greatest trap in our life is not success, popularity, or power, but self-rejection. Success, popularity, and power can indeed present a great temptation, but their seductive quality often comes from the way they are part of a much larger temptation to self-rejection. When we have come to believe in the voices in our heads that call us worthless and unlovable, then success, popularity, and power are easily perceived as attractive solutions. The real trap, however, is self-rejection. As soon as someone accuses me or criticizes me, as soon as I am rejected or left alone or abandoned, I find myself thinking, well, that proves once again that I am nobody. And my dark side says that I am no good. I deserve to be pushed aside, forgotten, rejected, and abandoned. Self-rejection is the greatest enemy of the spiritual life because it contradicts the sacred voice of God that calls us beloved. Brothers and sisters, being the beloved constitutes the core truth of our existence. Church, you are the beloved of God. You, singular, are beloved. I am beloved. God sees you. God sees me even when no one else is around. You, plural, are also beloved. All of us together, we are the beloved, the bride of Christ. Even in the midst of our own brokenness, we, the community, by God's grace, are the beloved. It's not something we earn or white knuckle or have to force. We just simply are by grace. Carrying one another's burdens, we are the beloved. And that is what it means to be the bride of Christ, the beloved in a broken and hurting world. You see, we are free to love. We are free to walk in the way of Jesus. And what if we all did that? What if each and every one of us began to live in this new way? Well, my challenge to you today, I want to leave you with this question. What is one area of my life? What's one area of my life that I need to surrender to God and allow my life to come into alignment with His, where God is beginning to realign me with who He created me to be? You say one of the best ways that we can do this is through fasting. Fasting is like supercharging our spiritual focus. It cleanses out all of the distractions and allows our brain to focus, not just to cut out something, but to replace it with something better, healthier, something that helps us to realign our source of life with the joy 
and love and peace that God has meant for each and every one of us and the freedom and serenity we find in walking with him. Scripture says that man should not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. This is so hard for me to do, but when I do, I find that it is a better way to live. And that God has something more beautiful and more true for for me and for you, and God wants this for each of us. And so I challenge you this week to use our freedom to align ourselves with God. That we don't just have freedom from, but we have freedom to, and we have God's Holy Spirit equipping and lifting us up and sending us forth. We get to align ourselves with God to his life, his priorities. And it's not some white-knuckling, forceful thing, but it's about relaxing in the knowledge that we are loved and aligned with the priorities of heaven. If this is something you want, I promise you it is available to each and every one of us today. And so as I close here this morning, I invite you to to just open your hands and say, God, this is what I want. I, I don't want just freedom from, but I, but I also want freedom to, and I want to release my heart to follow you and to, to come into alignment with you. And, and I'm tired of this cycle of, of drifting and then snapping back and then drifting and snapping back. I want to keep in step with your spirit where your spirit is guiding and directing me, where I'm not struggling through life with the emergency break on, but I'm just walking with you with your Holy Spirit's wind at my back. And so I want to surrender to you today in a fresh way. If that's you, I invite you to pray with me today. Father God, I thank you so much for the privilege of coming into alignment with you. Thank you for the way in which you died on the cross and you gave us freedom in that if we surrender to you, you wipe out all of our sins. You blot them out as if they never were. And then you release us, you equip us with the power of your Holy Spirit to walk in a new and free way. God, would you help us to do for us what we can't do for ourselves? Give us your breath and your life. Help us to surrender so that we stop beating ourselves up, but we recognize our true identity as your beloved. God, we thank you for your grace. We thank you for your love. We thank you for your truth. We thank you for these principles today. Help us to walk in freedom and seek you first. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Pastor Mike is going to be back next week to continue this series, but I also hope that today you feel encouraged and lifted up. And so as you go, may you feel God's face seeing you and shining down upon you, lifting you up and giving you his peace. May you stop feeling like you have to white knuckle it through life and riding as if the brakes were on, but would you feel his wind at your back pushing you forward and releasing you to be his beloved. Thanks for joining us and have a great day.